0: And then I fell two stories, then I hit a vent on my way down with my shoulder and then landed oh. on my feet.
1: <laughs> no way.
0: Yep.
1: <laughs> Wait, like you landed on your feet standing up?
0: Yeah, yeah, so I hit this vent and then I just flipped off onto my feet.
1: That's insane.
0: Yeah, like two days after I was supposed to go to China and then North Korea and then Kyrgyzstan.
1: I get a little bit of red flags when I start to feel too comfortable and I feel like there's no growth in comfort. This is Philip Van Nostrand and you are listening to the Epic Freelance Life Podcast, how to make more money and live an epic freelance life. Okay, hello, hello, hello. My name is Philip Van Nostrand and you're here with the Epic Freelance Life Podcast. And I'm here with my new friend Lakshmi, who I met two and a half weeks ago at a dinner party. Lakshmi, hello.
0: Hello. Good chat. Uh, you
1: you yeah, yeah. Um, thanks for being here. You you signed in on my podcast recording software and you have Shmi as your as your nickname. So I'm gonna call you Shmi, is that okay?
0: That's perfect. My name has gotten steadily shorter over all of the years to now just one syllable, so.
1: <laughs> okay, good. Do you want to say your full name and who you are?
0: Yeah, my my whole name is Vijaya Lakshmi Parthasarathy, so you can understand why people just like, we like, we'll call you Shmi. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Um, yeah, I am a software engineer, um, theoretically based in New York City, but mostly wandering around traveling. Um, yeah, yeah. I currently am working with a company called Free Will. Um, It's a legal tech company. We help people make wills and donate to charity really easily. Um, And in the past, I've traveled and freelanced building websites. Um, When I was my pre-freelance life, I was working at Google for a few years as an engineer. Um, Now, I currently am in Amsterdam um, coding and also. Pursuing my habit as a mediocre drone pilot and writer. I meant hobby, not habit.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. Um, I don't think I knew any of those things. I I did know that you're a little bit of a writer, but I didn't know about the drone pilot part. Um, So let's pause right there then. I have lots of questions. First of all, I'm happy to say that I'm actually, I have used your software, Free Will, before I met you. Um, I just went online to see if I had an account and I do. I created my own last will and testament like uh 2 years ago or so. Mm-hmm. So, congratulations. It's working great.
0: Oh, amazing. Um, Love to hear yeah. that. Yeah,
1: and I'm I'm assuming I'm using something that you your hands touched, which is really cool. Yep, uh, yep. and for those who don't know, free will is I mean this is not an ad for free will at all, but um but basically <laughs> what you, what you guys do is allow people to easily create a will online. It didn't take me very long, like under 30 minutes, I think. And just something that if you've ever been like, oh, I feel like I need to have this in my life, um, you can take those steps now. And it's very simple. And I liked that because I always felt like it was something I needed to go like, find a lawyer for and get complicated. Yeah, wrong?
0: everyone needs to have a will. Um, I'm okay with this being a very short ad for free will. Um, <laughs> most no. Americans don't have wills and it's a big problem um, for. You know your family, um, senses and, you know, it's your chance to like leave a legacy and figure out where you want to, um, where the people and causes that you care about.
1: Yeah. So yeah. And it's cool. Everyone, you know, you could check it out. It's over at dot uh, freewill.com. Very easy. So, so you work there full time. Um, but your full time is, uh, you're doing what I always imagined, Um, programmers or creatives like yourself do should do is uh, you can if you're coding you can literally be in like any cafe anywhere in the world sort of and that's Mm -hmm. sort of what and that's what did you can you tell me exactly where you are right now because you said you're in Amsterdam but you're on a I'm on a
0: houseboat
1: yeah (laughs) that's so great I'm
0: actually on a houseboat in the most sustainable floating neighborhood in Europe Um, I don't actually know how many uh, floating neighborhoods there are in Europe uh-huh. the world, but um yeah it's pretty it's pretty cool it's like a so, mm-hmm.
1: yeah t- tell me what it's like and I want to ask how you found it
0: yeah it's a it's like a self-sufficient community of 145 mm-hmm. people they um just use like solar panels heat pumps and they're um, very environmentally friendly and I guess like Amsterdam is uh a, con- a city that's um a sizable chunk of it like could go underwater. And so this is like
1: supposed
0: to be a, a a very like future forward thinking kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: People will be coming to them when things get out of hand.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: I, I I haven't never been to Amsterdam, but my favorite place to go when I'm in London is walking along the canals and checking Mm -hmm. out all the houseboats. And Mm -hmm. so you you are also living like another fantasy of mine, which is to be on a houseboat somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and, and I met you two and a half weeks ago and you were talking about like going back to the Congo or whatever, and you had just been in Colombia for months, but nothing about Amsterdam left your lips when we were talking. And I <laughs> want to know how you, be, you got from the rooftop in Brooklyn to a houseboat in Amsterdam in the last two weeks.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so the Congo is still in the plan that that's happening next week. I'm going on vacation there. Okay. Um, And I was looking at flights from New York and all of them passed through Europe. And I thought, why don't I have a really long layover? Mm. Um, Mm. And I, it's actually always been a dream of mine to like chill in a houseboat. Cool. And and I know Amsterdam is all about that. So yeah, yeah, I just wanted to ride a bike in circles around a canal and then go take a nap in my houseboat.
1: (laughs) I love this. And um, and you were also saying because you are a programmer with a company that that exists in the United States that previously you were trying to only travel to places where it was more or less in the same time zone. But mm-hmm. now you're you're trying an experiment. Do you want to kind of describe what, what you told me your experiment is?
0: Yes. My experiment is working during the evenings and having the whole day to explore. Um, one of the things that... Um, I've disliked about working and being in an office. I realized, especially, you know, you can think back to winters in New York when you're just mm-hmm. sitting at your desk and then you leave and it's dark outside already. Um, yeah. And, the whole day
1: is done.
0: Right. Exactly. And I love doing day things because I love being outdoors. So when I was um, like in Columbia, which was in a great time zone for East coast, but uh-huh. I actually wanted to go like trekking into the jungle or go like hang out on the beach. And then during the evenings, I, I would have rather worked then. Um, yeah. So I actually thought like, actually flip this around and then see how I, I enjoy, um, the, the different life. <laughs>
1: and and how long have you been trying this out? Just like a few days or a week or so now?
0: It's only been a couple days now. Yeah. Um, so far it's been good. Um,
1: yeah. yeah, we'll, we'll see. Cause I'm curious, like when you meet, normal people out there, which maybe you're not, but I'm assuming if you meet anybody interesting in Amsterdam, they'll probably want to hang out around like 7 or 8 PM, but then you'll be working. Right. Or.
0: Yeah. I think that's probably going to be one of the, um, and more annoying parts. I think I also have a lot of friends though, that are just like traveling, right. Maybe they're just like backpackers, um, or they're also doing freelance,
1: uh, okay. or more
0: freelance than I am and that they're not doing like full-time. So yeah, <laughs> they right. don't have as much of a, a a schedule or meetings to get to. Um, and so I've actually historically spent a lot of my time around those kinds of people. I'm mean, even a lot of that my is. friends in New York, like they, they make money, but they do it in not your nine to five way. Like uh-huh. one of my good friends, um, He's into real estate, and so he's always flipping houses. And so we were traveling in Peru. I was with like a a group of 10 people, and there's only a couple of us that had more of the 9 to 5-ish kind of things, and other people had different Mm -hmm. kinds of jobs. Um, So I think that uh, probably because I have a a group of friends or I tend to meet people that are living a less orthodox lifestyle, um, this can be good. Um, But also, like I'm okay with having my days off so that I can go do outdoor things and then skipping yeah. out on some of the like, um, you know, the, like going out. Um, and then I can save that for the weekend, you know? <laughs>
1: yeah, that's yeah. You're not wrong. That's interesting. And you're, you're kind of in I mean, you're not technically a freelancer, I guess, cause you're employed by this one company, right? Um, yeah. I
0: just feel like I'm living the freelance life now, but yeah, I've done that, freelance before. <laughs>
1: no, I mean, this is why I like you because when I was talking to you, I was like, Oh my God, this woman's living, Uh, basically a a freelancer's dream life, but somehow like still employed full time. (laughs) And and, (laughs) like you said, working nine to five hours or eight hours a day, which is so fascinating to me because I feel like, are those hours self-imposed or is your employer like telling you, you got a bunch of stuff you need to do and it takes eight hours a day? Because I feel like, I don't know, don't programmers or engineers work on their own timelines generally?
0: Yeah, you know, I've always worked Otter hours um mm-hmm. and i've always been much more of a night owl too like i think my my best work was always came at like 2am anyway
1: okay yeah
0: <laughs> so um i never got rid of that like college like coding in into yeah that's how i feel underway.
1: actually
0: yeah and, and anything actually anytime I'm doing something like creative um i i like to just have these like huge chunks of time where i just like work on it into like mm-hmm. the wee hours of the night um and so I think there's the blocks of time where um you know I want to be there there's like meetings um and you're like meeting with the team but then otherwise it's yeah it's work on your on your own time um yeah so, so yeah cool. i think'm having the best of both worlds right now which is great
1: and would you ever like split it up I mean w- would you ever work like I don't know, ten A m. ten PM to two AM, but also pull like four hours in the middle of the day or something if it's especially if it's like blazing hot in the middle of the Congo, which I'm imagining <laughs> it is in the middle um, of the day.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I definitely will work in different chunks of time. Yeah. It it yeah, it depends on the the specific stuff that I'm working on. And I and I I've found myself like, you know, working in airports or <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And trains, Same. so I had to yep. train myself to you know be able to like focus, um, uh-huh. very very quickly in like odd circumstances. um Probably in the Congo, I'm going to work from Kinshasa. I'm going to try this out for some time, a few days. Okay. But um, I'm I'm planning on going on an expedition up the Congo River to like the interior, oh, wow. and there I will not be working.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, do you even have internet out there?
0: No, no, I I, I don't think I'll have electricity or anything. So <laughs>
1: Ooh, that's so crazy. So I uh, I guess this kind of leads to maybe a common question that I'm I'm imagining you get a lot, which is as as like a single female in her 20s or 30s, mm-hmm. um, is it safe, easy for you to travel like this? Like, have you had problems, or wh- wh- Why do you not feel afraid to travel into the interior of Congo with no electricity?
0: Um, yeah. yeah sure. I mean, I've been doing some crazy <laughs> things by most people's standards yes. for a long time and, and I'm fine. And my my philosophy at the end of the day is that I would rather live my life. I, I'm, I'm not going to not do the things that I want to because something might happen. Um, and to be honest, I think that traveling has given me a positive outlook on community and that like for every one person that maybe has not been, I've not had a good interaction with, I've had like thousands of people that have really like bent over backwards yeah. to help me. Um, and, you know, p- people maybe because I'm actually a um, young female and might be like lost somewhere, then like people will uh-huh. <laughs> <people> help you. <laughs> um, so that's I nice. guess. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, I
1: love that. I, I'm actually, that, that kind of confirms, uh, I'm working on a book project called How to Live an Epic Freelance Life. One of the chapters I am trying to write is called The World is Not a Scary Place. And mm-hmm. I'm convinced that what you just described is true across the board. Like you could land anywhere in almost any country and, and more more people will look to help you or host you or guide you somewhere than to take advantage of you. I think that's very Yeah, true.
0: Definitely. And, um, and I think traveling. travelers know that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I 100% agree. Of course, traveling to some places like the interior of the Congo has its um, own dangers for like any any human being. Um, yeah. There's, <laughs> there's so many people that are so afraid to travel to many destinations that it's like, no, it's so safe. like It's so fine. And especially with technology nowadays, you can... Yeah. You can make it so much more safe. Like I think that the hardest parts, like traveling before, were sometimes just when you arrive and just really like getting your bearings. But like nowadays, uh-huh. you know, you can just get an Uber. <laughs> you can just arrive yeah. at the airport, get an Uber straight to where you're trying to go, um, to your hostel, or whatever. And there's
1: and your there's phone no has reason. service, and you can mm-hmm. use Google Translate and and Google Maps and literally anything. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I, I just spent, I think I saw you right after I had been to Morocco for 10 days. Mm-hmm. And and the very first challenge we had was we, we left the airport without changing money. And we realized we needed money to get through all these tolls and stuff. So we stopped at a gas station and there's no way the guy there spoke English. But I, I just like pulled out my Google Translate and, and asked him where an ATM was and he pointed across the street. <laughs> and then yeah. we got our cash. Like that, that kind of stuff is so easy and helpful. Mm-hmm. Um uh, so speaking of which, uh, you oh, well, one place that I think people are always afraid to travel, like it sounds scary to most adults, is going to somewhere like Colombia. I think the the news and like Netflix made Colombia out to be this place where Americans are getting kidnapped all the time, and it's like drug mm-hmm. lords live there and stuff. But when the pandemic happened in in early 2020, you went and just bought a ticket to Colombia. Is that right?
0: Yes, there were most people were booking flights back into the country and then yeah. I booked a flight out to Colombia.
1: <laughs> I love that so much. Um, you said you told me you were frantically looking for flights to get away from America. And I thought that was so fascinating.
0: Um, it was. So I've been watching the trajectory of the pandemic for a while. Yeah. And um, you know, there was places around the world were shutting down. And it was just inevitable that it was going to happen here. And I've act, I've really been wanting to like work and travel for a long time. And I thought, okay, huh. hey, where if I want to quarantine somewhere, where do I want to quarantine? Not in my New York apartment in the winter. Um, uh-huh. And this seemed like that opportunity of sorts um, to to just roll the dice and <laughs> go somewhere.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, was that the first time that you worked and traveled?
0: so I have worked and traveled intermittently I worked at Google for a few years and I left that job and I booked a one-way ticket to Tunisia and then I was just um I was traveling and freelancing but I probably more traveled than I did freelanced so yeah I was working on um I was like working on websites and
1: And that that uh, was about four years ago right
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah okay cool um, so, so you've been sort of traveling and working more recently than, I guess it's only in the last like few years or even the last year or two that you've been doing this like full-time travel work anywhere you want.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This past, uh, yeah. Since the pandemic hit, this has been like real work and travel and then real like full-time work and travel. Cause when I was freelancing really yeah. and traveling, I could really like decide on my own. And then I had saved up for, for traveling.
1: Got so. it. And do you find, so Maybe more logistical questions like where is all your stuff in the world?
0: Yeah, uh, I when I left New York and moved out officially after my four month long quarantine in Columbia, um, I just donated most of my stuff. I have winter clothes sitting in my parents' house around Boston, but Uh pretty much everything I own is in my backpack. And, uh, I don't really have that many prized possessions. I just like, like my computers and then my drone. (laughs) I
1: I love this. Okay. So you, you're not even traveling with a carry on suitcase. You just have a backpack, like a traveler's backpack or whatever.
0: Yeah. I just have a backpack. I have, I have two backpacks, one little one. I do kind of sometimes, wish I had a, a, roller suitcase though, just because it's easier to walk around with. I but, know. Yeah. I, I think, I think
1: after my twenties, I was like, I don't really need a backpack for anything. Like there's nowhere that I'm going that I can't just like roll a thing unless I was going to the interior of Congo on a yes. boat or whatever, <laughs> then I would need a backpack.
0: Yeah. Right? The, these are the, it's because I like to do those sorts of things that yeah, I yeah. do not have the roller, but the roller not is it. nice to have.
1: It is. And so oh so are you the kind of person like that I see in an airport where you have a big backpack on your back and then like a regular backpack on your front and you're just walking around like a like a turtle?
0: Yes, exactly. I have Another. a carry-on size backpack, though it's my big backpack. It it just makes oh, sense.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, that's pretty good.
0: <laughs> that's what um, I actually really wanted because Some flights can just be so expensive. If you want to check in a bag, it's like twice the price.
1: Yeah. And you don't want to have stuff get lost or yeah, I I never, I hate to pack stuff under the, under the plane. Um, especially if you have a drone or things like that, you don't want things to get missing in another country or, um, is it easy to travel with a drone? I feel like when I went into Morocco, it was like a hundred percent, no drones allowed, but are you finding Europe doesn't mind, or you can just fly into Europe or the Congo with a drone? No problem.
0: Um, I had problems in Mexico coming yeah. into Amsterdam was like completely fine. This was like the easiest, uh, immigration yeah. I've, I've encountered. They're very nice. Um, but there are, you have, do you have to look up different countries and what their rules are? Yeah, um, are very I have previously not, and then I've gotten through, but okay, Mexico,
1: that's, that's... <laughs> got <I> it. <laughs> Yeah, I think Mexico, Cuba, like Morocco, some of these places are super strict about it. I think they're really afraid of, um, I don't know what it is, like unofficial news reporters or anti-propaganda or something. Um,
0: Yeah, I mean, sometimes I think about it and it does, it is kind of strange that there are so many human beings I can just walk around with something that is quite like powerful, like a drone. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, a lot of them though, they just like will charge you taxes on it. So, um, it just depends Got on it. like who is checking your bag and then, um, don't be like me and say you have a drone.
1: <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> so it, what kind of drone do you have and where can we see some of your footage? Are you posting this stuff anywhere?
0: Um, yeah, I have a Mavic Air 2. Um, and I post on my Instagram Lost Schme. It okay. describes my being, which is generally lost. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing.
1: How do you spell shmi for your followers out there?
0: S H M I.
1: Oh, yeah. So Lost Schme is your Instagram.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Cool. Okay, cool. I'm excited. I'm actually going to be looking that up and following you. Um, and and what do you like to film with your drone?
0: Well, I've loved having it while traveling. It's honestly been, it, it's sometimes changed the way that I travel. Like sometimes I'll go to places just because I think, oh, wow, actually, it'd be like really dope to fly my drone here because I can get some amazing shots. Um, you know, there's some yeah. places that you go to and then um, it looks cool. But then once you see the aerial view of where you are, you're like, whoa.
1: <laughs> that's awesome! Um, yeah, th- there's like foresty places, and yeah, I think the Congo one's going to be amazing for you. Yeah, anytime you have like both. a river cutting through something or like a long highway cutting, yeah, that's mm-hmm.
0: cool. Yeah, and you really—I'm uh, like, excited for you. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited too. I hope so, I don't like crash it. <laughs> we'll see. I know.
1: <laughs> I, I literally have one one drone, and it is in the bottom of a moat in <laughs> France, in the south of France, right now. Um, I I did like, I was like, I got five minutes left on the battery. I'll just do one last flyover. And then it was like, at three minutes, it decided it was like emergency landing time. And I just couldn't bring it back. Like there was no, I I tried Mm. and then it got like, I fumbled it and it just sank.
0: (laughs) This happened to me in Tulum. It didn't end up in the bottom of the ocean, thank goodness. But Uh, it just started landing because I guess it was like an actual restricted zone and it doesn't return to home or anything. It just starts descending. Yes. So, yeah. I was just frantically trying to bring it to shore and then I landed it. Like it was like a mile away from me <laughs> to go <laughs> run and
1: get it. That's so ridiculous. Yeah. It just goes straight down and you can kind of override it, but it's not easy. And, and if you like, Oh man, that was really stressful. Um, yeah. so are are you, how do you know where to go in the Congo? Like, are you meeting other people there? Are you just doing like a self-guided tour? Or are you high, like, what is your plans out there?
0: so I have been there once before I went last year Year, and yeah. so I met people there um some people that run uh companies that help people get up there they'll usually work with like researchers or scientists
1: oh, um ooh.
0: but yeah so I I had posted some things about going to the Congo and there was just an overwhelming response from people there um it's very heartwarming actually um I love that. So, yeah. Yeah. It was like, Oh my God, I haven't seen someone post something positive about my country. Um, that there was a few people that said that that really hit me. Um,
1: they, they were saying that about the Congo.
0: Um, so yeah, there are people that live in the Congo and they'd seen some of the things that I posted and they were like, oh, I've literally I see. never seen someone post something positive, And they were just really happy to see that. And so a lot of people just like reached out and, um, yeah. I've been like helping me arrange things because I, I don't know French or, um, but, or I, I would not be able to get around the Congo on my own. Got
1: it. That's um, so cool. Um, mm-hmm. and, and are your, I want to ask just one more broad question then we'll go kind of niche into you, like your, how you work and stuff, I guess. But, um, mm-hmm. are your parents at all concerned about you?
0: <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> um, thank you.
1: Because you're kind of like, I'm assuming you're Indian or Pakistani descent. And I feel Mm -hmm. like parents would be, I don't know. You just live a very unusual life for most kids.
0: Yeah. I think at this point in time, um, they're just like, oh yeah, (laughs) she just does that. But I also sometimes tell them about things after the fact. Um, Oh yeah. (laughs) But at this point in time, I think they just kind of accept it. But um, yeah, I mean, my mom is, doesn't like traveling. I never traveled growing up. Like I actually never been on a plane up until I flew to Ghana when <laughs> I was 17. No and, way. And just flying everywhere.
1: <laughs> yeah. Wait, how old were you when you flew to Ghana?
0: I was 17. It was my freshman year, summer oh, okay. in college. Yeah. I kind of
1: didn't travel until I was 21, actually. I had only been to Mexico and Canada. And then mm. I took a semester at sea. And I studied abroad and and went around the whole world on a ship. And it was cool. It was kind of like your style. Like I went straight from nothing to like Cuba and and Brazil and South Africa and Tanzania. Um, It was a really crazy trip. But uh, but it it really caught, it made me fall in love with travel immediately. And I grew so Mm -hmm. much and met amazing people, you know, the best memories of my life. And now I've just vowed to uh, travel every year to somewhere new since 2003, Mm -hmm. basically. Do you have do you have like travel ha- travel habits or habits in your life that that kind of ensure that you're sort of living your best life?
0: Um,
1: you're just following your heart wherever you want to go.
0: I don't plan things. <laughs> much. Got it.
1: Yeah, as we um, know, because now you're in Amsterdam randomly.
0: <laughs> but I do try to have like um some like new bigger adventure that i haven't done before that maybe like previously i was like more afraid of or like not sure how to do um and like try to make it happen so like this journey to the congo going up congo river is something I've like always want to do for a very long time when i like saw a national geographic um but i love that it's like felt out of reach or like you know only something i can pretend to do um yeah yeah i want to make it happen (laughs) and um yeah. So I'm like doing that. And I have, I have these like kind of, I have these like bucket list things that. Um,
1: yeah. Maybe that's more it for you. Well, can you name a couple of the others that you have?
0: Yeah. I want to go herd reindeer in the Siberian Arctic. Ooh. I, yeah.
1: That just became one of mine now. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> yes. Come.
1: <laughs> come okay. to Yamal Peninsula. <laughs> and, and what else? That's a great one.
0: Um, I wanted to go to North Korea.
1: Oh yeah. Is it there?
0: That's a whole nother I've, story. He's actually supposed to go. Oh. But then I fell off but, a balcony instead.
1: But you fell off a balcony, is that what you said?
0: <laughs> yeah, I fell off a balcony instead in
1: New York Okay, just tell <laughs> the story then. in like two minutes. This is good.
0: Um yeah, I really like just like jumping on railings and my fire escape all the time when I used to live in New York City. And one day I was in our new roommates, like, welcome to New York party. And I was just hopping on to like my normal spot. And then there was like a lot of people in the fire escape. And then I slipped it and it's raining. And then uh. I fell two stories. But then I hit a vent on my way down with my shoulder and then landed uh. on my feet.
1: <laughs> no way.
0: Yep.
1: <laughs> Wait, like you landed on your feet standing up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I hit this vent and then I just flipped off onto my feet.
1: That's insane. And did you break your shoulder, you said?
0: I did break my shoulder. So I have this like scar here and I have a metal plate in my shoulder. Um, But, you know, it's okay because I think Cirque du Soleil will accept me one day.
1: Okay, good. (laughs) And you were supposed to go to North Korea at some point, like right around then, but you had to cancel your trip? Yeah,
0: like two days after I was supposed to go to China and then North Korea and then Kyrgyzstan.
1: Damn, those are crazy places. It's so fascinating to me that like, like every single place you name, I think is like at the bottom of most people's lists. Of places yeah,
0: to go. It's true. But I, I usually, I read a book usually what happens. And then I'm oh. like, oh, that's fascinating. Like I have to, I have to go and see it.
1: That's cool. But what would you ever read about Kyrgyzstan?
0: Oh, that was to visit my friend who was in the Peace Corps there. So that's a great okay, question. I actually know nothing about Kyrgyzstan. Yeah. Um, I was just going to show up. <laughs>
1: oh, I love that. So I, I want to suggest, and maybe you've done this or maybe you might be doing this, but if you are going to Siberia, um, I took one of my bucket list trips uh, back in 2016 was, was going on the Trans-Siberian Railway.
0: And I went mm. from
1: Moscow to Siberia to Mongolia to China. But Ooh. if you wanted to get over there in, in an interesting way, that's a very fun way to do it.
0: Oh, yeah, can I and work it's the from-
1: longest railroad you uh oh, that's a little <laughs> tricky. You might need no, <laughs> I would say no you'd have like but but you'd get to Siberia in about four or five days, but you'd definitely have mm. to take a little bit of a break. That was also the longest I'd gone, just no shower or nothing like it was not not great conditions, but it was definitely an adventure mm. especially for the people that you meet on the train um. Yeah, but if you can't work, maybe it's a little trickier. But still, a cool ride. It's also the longest train. It, it's the longest railroad in the world, and you travel right. through twelve different time zones if you take like the whole path from Moscow right, to up. like uh, the other side. <laughs>
0: it's going on the bucket list. <laughs> okay,
1: good. Another <laughs> book. Oh, okay. <laughs> you what?
0: said, even if it has to happen when I'm retired.
1: <laughs> I know. Well, it'll happen sooner than that, I'm sure. Um, another a good book for you too, by the way, is um, the Great Railway Bazaar. Have yeah. you ever heard of that one?
0: No.
1: Um, you might love it. Hold on, Let's see. It's it's by Paul Thoreau. and he just talks about like in the seventies he went on every kind of major. What do I want to say? Like every popular or famous train line or railway line in the world, and it really? includes like ones in Peru to Machu Picchu, and and like this, the, the one that I went on in, in Mongolia and stuff. And um, he went through Vietnam and it's really cool because he's kind of doing your style travel, uh, but in the seventies, you know, so really like far off remote places and just sort of showing up and seeing what happens. But I I bet it'll inspire you a lot. Yeah. That's good. So so you're going to really interesting places. And 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 my question for you now is how long are you planning on being in the Congo? And then what will happen after that to you?
0: Hmm. I will be in the Congo for probably about like three weeks, maybe a little bit longer. Okay. Um, on vacation for two of the weeks, I think. Um, I yeah. think in, in 10 days, I'm going to fly up to Kisangani, which is like the northernmost point in the interior that you can fly up to. Um, oh. And then take a boat on the river and visit the pygmies there. Um, oh
1: my gosh!
0: Do some extreme fishing, which will be interesting. I've never gone fishing.
1: <laughs> what is extreme fishing?
0: Um, so they they they're fishing in um, like crazy conditions, and they build oh. these like really interesting structures out of wood with these baskets. And yeah. that's how they they catch fish out there. They also like do spear fishing and things like that. Um, cool. Yeah. So this I'm is
1: wild. Try to do all
0: of the above. <laughs> we'll I'm actually
1: nervous for you, and I don't get nervous very much, but
0: <laughs> I just know there's
1: like insane, like mosquito kind of bites things and things that you can get like crazy diseases out there. Yeah, in the Congo.
0: You can get bitten. Um, yeah. There are some shots like, vaccines you'd want to get. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, otherwise, just wear bug spray and, like, thin long sleeves are generally good. Um, but, you know, I'm not I think there's like, a, a lot of fear about those things. But yeah. for the most part, you know, people uh, people can get malaria, but then also, yeah. like, you're not going to die from it. Um mm-hmm.
1: You're funny. Yeah, I remember you said when, when you went. To...
0: It's been a good thing to say to encourage people to go. Um... No,
1: I know, but it's it's kind of like saying like you could get COVID and you're probably not going to die for it. From yeah, it, right. Like then, like if you, if you're of a certain age.
0: Yeah, yeah, and then you're not like living there. You know, it's yeah. You're just going to be there for like a a block period of time.
1: Okay. Well, I'm going to mm-hmm. have to check in with, with you in a month and see how you're doing over there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Um, and I guess I want to know if you're, do you feel happy in all circumstances or do you feel like restless when you're back in New York kind of living a more normal life or.
0: Um, that's a good question.
1: Yeah. Your contentedness in the world.
0: I really love going back to New York city and seeing people. I think I do get restless. Mm. Um, and I think this is, something that I hoped that I would get over, so to speak. But I think I've come to terms with the fact that I'm probably not going to get over it anytime soon and Mm -hmm. embrace it and (laughs) keep having adventures. I don't think it's a bad way to be. Hmm?
1: I said, I don't think it's a bad way to be, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't, I don't, I think, well, keep going. I interrupted you. I have more thoughts about that, but I want to hear the end of your thoughts.
0: Yeah. Um well, I guess just a thought on top of your thought, which was like now that it, it is like a great way to be. And I think it would I would have a harder time if like there wasn't social media and such an easy way to keep in touch with people. That oh, yeah. I can like talk to all of my friends all the time whenever I want to. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, and I think at at heart, I'm like probably more of an introvert. Like I like being alone, I can travel by myself for like a while and like it's fine. Um mm. Yeah, and I think being in one place sometimes, like it yeah, it does get me restless.
1: Yeah, I think I I agree with that statement. And and for me it's not it's not necessarily being in one place. It's like I I get a little bit of red flags when I start to feel too comfortable. Yes. And and you know what I mean? And I feel like there's no growth in comfort, right? It's just a stasis Mm -hmm. sort of way of being. And Forcing myself to see something new really grows me a lot and challenges like who I am and what I believe and what I'm about. And um, and I feel like you're doing that in, toward, sort of in the extreme of just going into places and civilizations that are nothing like your own, right?
0: I love that. Yeah, that's true. Um, and my philosophy is no pain, no gain. <laughs> it's motto. Got it. um,
1: so you're just yeah, breaking and it- shoulders and hiking through the... <laughs> through through rivers I love it (laughs) yeah so uh I guess a couple of more this is honestly I'm just interviewing you because I'm so fascinated by your life I'm like very just curious (laughs) hopefully people listening are getting inspired by this somehow or will reach out to you and ask some more stuff but um do you read or like bring books with you while you're out there like what do you bring with you uh for long plane rides or evenings you know alone or whatever, how do you spend your time, like your free time?
0: I love audiobooks. I've gotten really into them lately. So I like, you know, carrying books is hard. Um, yeah. although, I, you know, when I, when I traveled before, I realized that like, when I wasn't traveling, it was the only time that I didn't read. Um, so I, I, I think like traveling really does make me want to like grab a good book. Um, what yeah, I love yeah. about audiobooks is you can like walk around and like do stuff I do have like less time to just like sit down and curl with a book because I'm like trying to like travel and work um, sure. and do all these different things so making time to read like isn't always possible but then audiobooks fix that because like then I can just mm-hmm. be in line at the airport or like sitting yeah. there waiting for my flight and just like be listening to yeah a good book all the time It's for
1: it's for all the lines that you're in in traveling I think <laughs> it truly is on the way to the airport in line at the yeah going through security waiting in line for the plane um even walking around or yeah i I love it that's the best i realized during uh quarantine in the pandemic like i I stopped listening to podcasts and reading so much because i just wasn't on the subway anymore and Mm -hmm. i had to like figure out new ways to like get you know to read again it was weird um so what are you reading right now and maybe we'll end with just a A couple final inspiring words for our listeners, but anything good that you've been listening to or that you've just finished?
0: Um, I just read a book called DMT, The Spirit Molecule. Okay. (laughs) Um, It's a really (laughs) fascinating book.
1: The the thing in our brain that attaches to like syllabate, like if you do mushrooms, that activates DMT inside of us. Am I wrong?
0: So uh no, it's really close. Well, so DMT is a molecule that's released when you're dying. Oh um, yeah, and it's the only endogenously produced psychedelic, meaning that like it's your body naturally produces it, and Got it's it. found in like various plants. So it's it's the active ingredient in ayahuasca. Okay, um, that's it. This book is written by a researcher. He was the first researcher to um administer DMT to patients. Um, as mm. part of, um, a study and he like documents all of it. And it's really fascinating.
1: Cool. I feel like, um, yeah, Tim Ferriss is pretty famous <laughs> for pushing this whole world forward. I'm sure he's interviewed this guy too. Yeah,
0: <laughs> probably. Yeah. I, I listened to Tim Ferriss's podcast and there's quite a few that yeah. uh, fall into this like topic area.
1: Well, he he's like really pushing, I think he's donating like millions of dollars to, um, Stanford research and, mm-hmm. and they're, I think they're getting the green light finally to actually do MDMA trials and stuff. And, uh, especially around like PTSD and, and healing stuff. So yeah, there's cool.
0: quite a few medicinal, uh, there's, there's a lot of medicinal value I think in yeah. in all of these. And it's, it's sad that, you know, there's so much progress that's been hindered by totally. arbitrary placement of them and like schedule you know, in the schedule of drugs, it's like worse than like heroin.
1: Yeah. Which is wild. So have you ever done ayahuasca? And if you have, did you do it in an an interesting place?
0: (laughs) I have done ayahuasca. Um, I did it for the first time in Brazil, um, up in Manaus near the Amazon jungle.
1: Yes. I knew it. (laughs) 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 That's so amazing. Uh, you feel like you want to write a book about your life at some point or no? Or like your story? Is there a book inside of you?
0: I feel like this is something that I would love to do. Like, you know, going on this trans Siberian railway and <laughs> I yes. can like get my pen and paper out and have like a long period of time. Yeah. I mean, I love writing. I think it's, um, it's, it's just great to do. And I've, I haven't previously written that much, like for other people and hmm. I think it would actually be good exercise for everyone to do. Like if you were to write a book about your life, like what it would be, be like and like, do you like it? You know?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is this a book that you would want to read?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. That's and great.
0: You want to live kind of thing. So, yeah. I think it's a good exercise. so yes, I will write a book. Why not?
1: <laughs> okay, good. Well, I will definitely read it. I feel like um, there's hundreds of things you haven't told me. And I know like, even when you quit, Google, you bought a one-way ticket to Tunisia, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, I saw this on your like medium post somewhere. Um, I think it's so fascinating. Uh, so do you have any tips or, I don't know how to say tips. Is there any advice you have for like women your age who are maybe like interested, but hesitant to just go and travel out in the world? Uh,
0: I mean, I think that although we're in a pandemic at the same time, this is like a great time to try it out because everyone is still doing remote. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's just for generally everybody. And for like women specifically, I am a huge proponent of encouraging women to travel. I think it really, I think it's actually really important for women to do that because like we were encouraged like far too much to never be alone. Like girls even like, we'll go to the bathroom together. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of ridiculous. Um, and it's just such a, like, liberating experience to go by yourself. It's hard at first, but then you get you get used to it. And then you get really comfortable, like, being by yourself. And I think that's just, like, a really good um, feeling to know that you can be by yourself and, like, enjoy it. And, like, that's no big deal. Um, and all, and yeah. you're also plenty of, like, cool people along the way. And you probably won't be alone. <laughs>
1: yeah that, that's what I tell people like when I travel alone, I'm only alone for the plane ride, and then it's almost guaranteed that I'm like around people wherever I am, right
0: yeah, yeah, it's definitely especially true. if
1: you're staying in hostels or you're in a tour group or whatever, or I like to travel places where I know somebody on the other side and then it's I'm, I'm mm-hmm. in yeah, okay well thank you i I feel I love what you're doing with your life. I'm so impressed and it's like very inspiring to me as well um Because you're you're pushing sort of the limits of what where people think they can travel, and I think that's really cool. So Uh, thank you so much for being on here. I am sure I want to do a follow up interview in a year and see what else you've done (laughs) in the past. (laughs) But thank you, thank you, thank you. You're amazing. Uh, People can find your Instagram is Lost Shmi S H S H M I, and you said you have a website too or no?
0: There is lostme.com.
1: Okay, cool. Then that's it. People could follow along, follow you on Instagram, and I hope you have a beautiful trip in the Congo.
0: Thank you. Thanks so much for having me.
1: Yay.